0: When was the last time that you watched a storm? Here in Mississippi, we have big storms. They can come with strong winds, sometimes hail, even tornadoes. Sometimes we get a hurricane coming off the Gulf of Mexico, and those are incredible. They can be up to 300 miles wide and have winds over 100 miles per hour. Storms can be terrible in their destructive force, but at the same time, They are amazing. They are awesome in the sense that they inspire awe at their power. Watching a storm can make you feel small. For all the power and ability of mankind, a storm still demonstrates our frailty and vulnerability. Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi. Thanks for joining me today. We're going to look at Psalm 29. In Psalm 29, David is watching a storm. At least that's what he describes as he thinks about the power and the glory of God. The psalm starts with God and his holy temple. Temple, here's how it starts. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord. In the splendor of his holiness, the focus of this psalm and of David here is on God's glory, and he begins with just a, a picture of God in His heavenly temple, surrounded by the heavenly beings, the angels, and other created beings there. And uh, he he says to them three times, "Ascribe, ascribe to the Lord," meaning give to the Lord or pay homage to the Lord, set aside your own strength and recognize the strength of the, the ultimate power that is God. He gives us reasons why God's glory demands their ascribing, and that is God's strength, God's name, and his holiness. Then he switches from this picture of the heavenly court and of God's glory there, and he, and he begins to focus on God's glory on the earth. And he uses the illustration of a storm. He is picturing in his mind uh, this storm that that comes over the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, Here's what he says. And by the way, before I read it, the voice of the Lord is a recurring um, term in here. The voice of the Lord is God's power as it is described in this storm. So verse three, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, in Syria like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all cry, Glory. So David is picturing this storm as it appears out over the Mediterranean. It moves on shore to break the cedars of Lebanon and then up over Mount Hermon. And then it turns south into the desert of Kadesh. All these places have implied meanings for the original singers of the song that maybe aren't so readily known to us. First of all, it comes from the sea, the Mediterranean. The Israelites were not a seafaring people. Um, The people who lived on the coast went out in boats, but the Israelites did not. To them, the sea represented chaos. And uh, so when the, the voice of the Lord moves over the water, it's a picture of God's power over what they turn, would have thought of as, as chaos, God's power being greater than chaos. The cedars of Lebanon uh, were famous throughout the ancient world for their strength. Um, as you, you might remember, that Solomon uh, used them to build the, the original temple. Those cedars uh, were also used metaphorically in the Bible to represent different nations and their strength. And um, these, especially maybe their, their financial power or their military strength. So when this storm of God moves over and breaks these cedars, it's a picture not only of the storm, but an illustration how God's power is more powerful than the power of nations. And it mentions Sirion, which is Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon sat 10,000 feet above sea level. It was considered by the Canaanites to be the home of the gods where they lived. But even its great height was not safe from the power of Yahweh in this storm. Yahweh's power was over the power of Mount Hermon. It was over the power of any other gods that that people around them could call on to worship. God's glory was over all, and it says in his temple or in the heavenly uh, sphere, even the angels who have seen God's power still are amazed and say glory. Then David ends the song this way. uh, In verse 10, he says, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as the king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The The Lord blesses his people with peace. This may be a, a proclamation to those who look to uh, the gods called that we know in the Bible as the Baals. One of them was the storm God who was thought to, to live as the storms uh, as they appeared. Uh, but here we see Yahweh, the, David is describing him as the one who rules through the storm, but is above it. As he says here, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood, over the storm. He is the king and the Lord of the true Lord. Over this this power, this storm, and then it says uh, that he is enthroned as king forever. So not only is he the Lord and sit enthroned above nature, but he is also the king or the one who has power over the governments of all the earth. Um, And then it ends with this blessing: the Lord gives strength to his people. This this powerful, strong God. Uh, gives or allocates his strength to his people and then it says the Lord blesses his people with peace and the word here is shalom um, now shalom is a deeply nuanced word that is really deeper than our word peace for us in this situation peace might mean like the end of that storm uh, when the storm is gone but peace is is really to them shalom is is deeper it is It is um, not the absence of motion, but it is a sense of completeness and wholeness and rest, regardless of circumstances. This gift of shalom can only be experienced uh, when God walks with you through the storm. So there seems to to be an application at the end here. The Lord that we serve is an uncontainable power. He is not the tame old man in the sky that we sometimes picture he is so much bigger than all of the powers of this world whether natural or uh, man-made but uh, that doesn't mean that his children are immune to storms of life instead he allocates his strength to us as we walk through the storm and he gives us his shalom Psalm 29. Have a great day.